Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Had to try different things to get people's attention sometimes. I don't know if that helped or not, but um, I want to just ask a more basic question today. Why do we sing in church? Whose idea was it anyway? And, and what if you don't like to sing? Or if you don't feel like singing? Or if you're convinced you can't sing? Is there any reason you should try it? What are the reasons behind this practice of congregational singing in church anyway? Uh, it's interesting to me. I had somebody tell me just a little while ago that after years of not singing in church, he started doing so. What brought the change? This summer, some of my messages are going to be focused on elements of corporate worship. Uh, that is, activities that the scripture positively calls us to perform in our corporate devotion to God. And last week, we focused on one of them, on the Lord's Supper. And scripture makes clear that Christians are to continue to celebrate the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Christ's death on the cross for us. And it doesn't tell us how often to do so. Here at Maranatha, our pattern has become um, to make that available monthly. Congregational singing, we do more often than that. It, it's part of our weekly Sunday morning worship services here. Um, and, and we didn't come up with this idea here at Maranatha on our own. The, the practice of congregational singing traces back way into the Old Testament, and, and its importance is addressed in the New Testament as well. And, and there are two particular New Testament passages that stick out to me we're going to look at today in Paul's letters to Ephesus and to Colossae. And I'm going to read both of them. They're pretty short, but focus especially then on the Ephesians passage as primary I invite you to stand in reverence to God's word as we look, first of all, at Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then if you flip over to Colossians chapter 3, very similar wording, much of it, uh, begins verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in, with, in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for this, your word to us. And as we meditate on these verses today, uh, again, we, we ask that you would help us to uh, stop and think about what we do when we're here and why. And Lord, that... Uh, you would encourage us uh, in, in the value of congregational singing and singing to you um, and to each other. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. 
According to one author, the, the word sing uh, appears in scriptures over 400 times. And, and at least 50 of them are commands. And I haven't tried to count, but I know there certainly are a lot of references to singing. And, and some of them come to us as exhortations to join in in singing together with the people of God. Well, who should sing? The, the pattern of congregational sing traces back into the Old Testament. For instance, in the last, chapter, uh, last couple chapters of the book of Deuteronomy, um, Moses, at the end of his life, teaches the children of Israel a song to sing together that recounts in God's faithfulness and his power uh, in spite of their unfaithfulness. And it also warns of God's judgment and promises his mercy. All of that in that song. In, in the books of Joshua and Judges in the Old Testament, after the children of Israel entered the promised land, the Levites were given responsibility in the various scattered cities and to lead in congregational singing in each of those locations. We have in our Bibles the Old Testament book of Psalms. It's really made up of songs sung in community worship in the lives of the nations of Israel and Judah. So you see, the practice of congregational singing certainly is there in the Old Testament. Our call to worship tonight, or today here from Psalm 147, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God. It, it is pleasant and praise is becoming. Uh, this is a word to all of God's people, reminding us of the value of singing praises to God. So did that change when we get to the New Testament? Well, it's fascinating to me that, for instance, in the Gospel of Matthew, it reveals to us that Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn together after the Lord's Supper and before they went out into the Garden of Gethsemane. And when we look at the end of the New Testament, the book of Revelation, the picture we get there is a scene in heaven. And that includes then all the saints and the heavenly beings gathered around the throne singing praises to the Lamb of God. In our text for today from Ephesians and Colossians, Paul doesn't say, sing if you feel like it or if you're talented in this area. No, these are verses of general exhortation to all believers. You see, corporate worship is not meant to be spectatorial. Not meant to be spectators, okay? It's to be participatory. And one way that all can participate is, is in the singing. An interesting little side note before we dig more into this text uh, comes um, to me from one of the speakers at that Getty Sing conference that Gene and I attended uh, last September back in, in Nashville. Uh, John Lennox there talked to the power of music for good. And he explained that the left side of the human brain is logical, analytical, orderly, and scientific. The right side, creative, emotional, intuitive, and appreciating of beauty. And then he made this interesting statement. He said, atheists may be using only half their brain. And he went on to explain that, that atheists are wanting to figure everything out scientifically, but they're ignoring the beauty of God's creation that's all around them. And his perspective was that Christian music involves both sides of the brain as it teaches orderly doctrine and also does so using the beauty of music. According to Ephesians 5, what are the reasons that we sing? One of them is that we know a relationship with God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We who are Christians don't wonder if there's a God out there. We know there is. We, we don't wonder if he cares about us. We know that he does. Because the Bible reveals his interaction with mankind throughout all the centuries, and it, and it reveals how, through all, though all mankind has rebelled and, and sinned against our Maker and his, and his plans for our lives, yet God, in his mercy, has promised to us a Savior. And in the fullness of time, then he sent his Son in the form of human flesh, who would then point us back to God. And he did so through his teaching while he was here on earth ministering, and he also did so through his sacrificial death on the cross. And on the cross, the guilt and the condemnation for the sins of the world was laid on God's Son. And he bore the Father's wrath against human sin. And he did so in order that whosoever believes in Jesus' death in his place, then will not perish, but will be given eternal life. That's something to sing about. In addition, we sing because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And he fills us through the word of Christ. When Jesus had completed his earthly mission and had ascended back up to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within the hearts of all believers in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit then inspired human authors to record the details of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and also the beginnings of the Christian church. And that's what we have in our New Testament. And so when believers gather today, they do so centered around the written record of the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures. And the Holy Spirit then speaks to individual hearts through that inspired word. And through it, he convicts individuals of sin and encourages them of the gospel of forgiveness in Christ. And so our corporate gatherings of Christians then are to be gatherings in which the written word of God is central. Colossians 3, um, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. So how do we do that? Well, Matt Merker describes the elements of our worship services in this way. He says it involves read the word, pray the word, preach the word, sing the word, and see the word. And that last one referencing then the sacraments being visible means through which God gives us his invisible grace. And so we sing together when we gather for corporate worship. And we do so because we know a relationship with God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ and because the Holy Spirit dwells within us and he fills us with the word of Christ, and then he puts, you might say, he puts a song in our hearts, um, which we shouldn't squelch. And that brings us to the third reason that we sing. We have a melody in our hearts. Verse 19, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Um, more literally, that reads, singing and psalming with the heart to the Lord. Singing in church is stirred up by the Holy Spirit working within our human hearts. And the Holy Spirit fills us and you might say spills over, uh, putting a, a song on our lips, a song of praise to our Lord God. I, I love uh, Psalm 40, in the beginning of that, where David describes it this way. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and he heard my cry. He, he brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Then he says, and he put a new song in my heart, or in my mouth, a, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and will fear and will trust in the Lord. There, there's something about coming together with other believers and, and singing praises to the Lord that, that lifts our human spirits out of the doldrums brought on by temptations and trials of this earthly life. 
uh, Pastor Paul David Tripp in my devotional one day this week talked about a time when, when he didn't feel like going to an evening service at church and, and uh, his wife begged him to go. And so he says he, he grumbled his way into the room. But the music was powerful both in its message and its presentation and it changed his mood completely. And he described it this way. Once again, this grumbler became a celebrant. Well, we talked about who should sing. We've talked about why we sing. Now let me ask, well, who's our audience when we sing in church? What does Paul say here in Ephesians 5? He says, addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, um, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And so that introduces two of them. And I want to suggest, actually, that every time we sing together in corporate worship, we have three audiences. Um, first of all, the Lord. And, and this is what makes singing in church such a powerful thing for our individual hearts and lives. Many of the songs that we sing are, are being sung directly to the Lord. I want you to picture for a moment this scene. Uh, there's a, a man singing a love song to the woman that he loves. He's strumming his guitar and he's looking into her eyes as he sings her praises. There's this personal communication of heart that's happening there. So too with singing songs to the Lord. They are an expression of our heart to the one that we love. And they are a prayer from our heart that is put to music then. And by the way, if you're not used to praying out loud at all, you know, singing with the congregation can be a step in that direction as the songs can give words, give words really to the prayers that are of our heart. There are other songs that we sing that aren't sung directly to God. Um, he's still listening, of course, as we sing about him to other people. And so you see that second audience then when we sing in churches, each other. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And Colossians 3 has very similar wording, but it adds a little bit more there. It says, let the word of Christ dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. How? With psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You see, as we sing together in church, we are teaching each other. We're teaching each other doctrine. That is, many of the words that we sing to each other are reminding each other of the attributes of our awesome God and how he loves us sinners and in his mercy he's provided a savior in Jesus and the words that we sing to each other also then are admonishing each other that is we are reminding each other how to live out the Christian life as we encounter the various trials and temptations Matt Merker explains it this way he says singing is a part of each member's ministry to the whole body. Do you recognize that? That as you sit next to somebody else in the pew, your voice singing out that song is being used of the Lord to strengthen your neighbor's faith in Christ. I want to just pause for a moment and stop to think of some examples from our service today. First of all, from the Old Testament lesson, um, which was really then a record of a spontaneous song of praise to the Lord after the crossing of the Red Sea, as, as the people of Israel then also sung this to each other um, about the awesomeness of God. But then think of the hymns that we sung today. We praise thee, O God, our Redeemer, Creator, 
um, with grateful devotion, our tribute we bring. Who were we singing that to? Who was our audience there? We were singing it directly to God. We praise thee, O God, right? How about that next song? There, um, to God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who are we singing that to? We're, we're singing it about God, but we're singing it to each other. Yes. Yeah, we're singing it to each other, reminding each other of the great things God has done. The uh, special music today, a testimony of, of faith as well, in, encouraging each other. The, the uh, third audience that we sing to together as believers, though, is also the world. Psalm 96, beginning verses there, say this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. Whenever we believers sing together, there is always the possibility that someone here in our presence is not yet a believer. And our singing can be used of the Lord then to bring them to look to him. I found that passage in Acts that was read earlier today, a very interesting one. Paul and Silas were in prison at Philippi for preaching the gospel. And they were having their own small-scale worship service going right there in the prison. Why were they singing hymns in prison? You might say, well, they were praising God. They were singing to him. True? Also, they were reminding each other through that of God's awesomeness and that he's got this situation that we're in now. And also then to be even a witness to the prisoners and to the jailer. And God used them and their singing and so on, along with an earthquake, to help the jailer and his family and possibly more come to faith in their Savior. At the Sing Conference uh, back in 2022, a guy named Peter Jasek told the story of how he and other believers sang hymns within earshot of their captors while they were imprisoned by ISIS in Sudan. What a statement of how nothing can conquer our trust in the one who's truly in charge. Sometimes we can have skeptics that come to church. And I think especially of, at funerals, for instance, where there are folks that rarely darken the door of a church. And we get to share the word of God with them as we sing songs that offer hope in Jesus and, and as I preach from God's word. And we trust that God can use us together then to point others to the forgiveness that we know of in Jesus and the hope that we have beyond the grave. Well, what do we sing? Both Ephesians and Colossians talk about psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so is there a difference in those three, or are they really just restating the same thing? <coughs> uh, most commentators suggest that there are slight shades of, of difference. Uh, Lenski, for instance, explains it essentially this way, that the psalms are referring to the Old Testament book of psalms that we have in our Bibles, uh, the inspired word of God there, uh, which then continued to be sung in New Testament days, and even to present day, and they voice our feelings as we worship. Hymns are uninspired, poetical compositions of praise of God and of Christ, um, which are intended to be sung. And, and I say uninspired 
um, in, in that they're not on the same level as the inerrant word of God, though we might sometimes think of hymns as inspired, um, something God gave to an individual to write and so on, and inspiring. And, and then spiritual songs, that, that's a more general term, encompassing any song with, with a Christian message, not just hymns that tend to be more lyrical or poetical. And all three are to be sung together in corporate worship, not, not merely with our lips, but from our hearts. And that brings us back to this sin, our heart attitude in, in singing and, and why we even sing. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Colossians says something very similar. So we come together each week for worship and each with individual lives that have experienced the provision of God for our various physical needs and have also experienced then the grace and forgiveness spiritually. And we deal with all kinds of difficulties on the road of life as well. But we come together and we remind each other to count our blessings and to recognize how God has been faithful to us. And so our heart attitude as we sing together is that of being thankful to God, looking back and seeing God's hand of faithfulness to us, and that encourages us to trust him with whatever is going on in our future as well. And then one other thing I see here, our, our attitude toward each other is also referenced in, in Ephesians 5. Um, and, and there it talks about submitting to each other. You see, we all have opinions about all kinds of things, including what should be done at church, Right? But none of us are all wise, knowing exactly how things should be done in every situation in congregational life. And so how do we deal with that reality? Well, we don't allow any dictators in any area. We work together with boards and committees and teams and councils, and we listen to each other's concerns and views, and we pray together, seeking the Lord's guidance, and then we act democratically according to the majority as we work together in the kingdom of God. So come back to those first questions I asked. Why do we sing in church? Well, it's because we know a relationship with God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. And because the Holy Spirit dwells within us and he fills us through the word. And he's given us in a melody in our hearts. And we sing then to the Lord with thankful hearts. And we sing to each other, teaching and admonishing each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and we sing also as a witness to the world. So what if we just don't feel like singing? Well, silence is an appropriate response as we worship God as well. Scripture tells us, be still and know that he is God. And, and so, if you don't feel like singing today, then listen. Listen to the words as, as folks around you sing praises to God and sing to encourage each other's faith. And let their words and witness and point you to the hope and the help that is there from the Lord today. And no matter what you are dealing with in your life, your coming here today or you're even hearing this service online gives you the opportunity to hear of the hope and the help that's available in Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross that you might know forgiveness of sin and rose from the grave that you might have eternal life and who sent his Holy Spirit to live within you and fill you and to put a song in your heart, a song that then just naturally finds its way onto our lips in worship and praise of God. And I, and I encourage you, as that happens, and let it come out and join in singing. 
uh, whenever we gather here for corporate worship. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of music and for how it stirs our hearts and it also teaches us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities we have to come together and to join in singing together praise of you that reminds us of your awesomeness and encourages us as we go through the trials of life that uh, you've, you've helped us in the past and we can trust you for the future no matter what we're dealing with today. And, and so, Lord, I ask that you would work within each of our hearts a, a desire um, to praise you and, and to encourage each other, uh, even with our singing. And, Lord, thank you that in Jesus there's forgiveness of sin and eternal life and, and that that is what puts that song in our hearts that comes out our lips. And Lord, if there be someone here even today who does not know a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that even our, our singing together would remind them that there's something amazing that you want to give us. We, we can know forgiveness of our sin and eternal life. We can know a relationship with you, and that changes everything in our life. And so, Lord, we, we ask your blessing on our times together as we worship and as we sing praises to you and encourage each other and our witness to the world. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>